Good morning, CBC, and all the visitors that are here. How are we all doing today? That was a little rough. How are we all doing today? There we go. So happy to see so many faces from so many different places around the world. Praise God. May he show us the power of the resurrection today. Let's open our service in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us to see Jesus, the power of the resurrection this morning. We ask that we would see him through the scripture, through the worship, and through your word spoken to us through those men who get up this morning. Bless this word and teach us what it is to not fear because of the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to start with a story this morning about my life. So I was a 25-year-old proud college student. I lived in Iowa, which is a cold place in the northern part of the United States. Small town, small city, small state, two million people or something like that, total. So like less than the size of the Dallas area by far. Anyway, I went to a college there and I had a lot of friends there and often I would go play sports. And I went to my dorm room one night after a long day of sports and I changed my clothes and brushed my teeth and I did a few other things for about five minutes. And I was getting ready to go to bed. I picked up a book. I don't know what it was. I can't remember that detail. And I sat down on my bed and bam, a hand grabbed my leg. I jumped up, ah! right? It was the most scared I've ever been in my life. That person actually, that actually happened. That happened to be my wife's youngest brother, my future wife at that point. But all of us have those moments in life where we're scared. Maybe you remember being a child and scared of the dark, right? Maybe you remember moments in your life that were pranks were played on you. I know my wife was a big prankster at college. Some of you, I know, are the same way. But there are some other issues of fear that are more serious in our life. There are issues of fear that are close to the heart of death of a loved one. Issues of fear, of loss, great loss in our life. Today, you see on the, on the program, the message is about having no fear. No more fear because of the resurrection. So if you have your Bible, or if you have a cell phone with a Bible on it, which I do, please open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 21. And we'll be reading five verses here. I'm reading from the NLT, which is called the New Living Translation. It's a little simpler. It says this. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies, because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. I'd like you to watch a clip with me here on my laptop. Well, you know, I think my opinion on grief can be summed up by the words of Alan Harrington from The Immortalist when he says, 
Any philosophy that accepts death must itself be considered dead. Its questions meaningless, its consolations worn out. I agree with him. I don't think there's any way to make peace with death, with mortality, with the human condition. The fact that we can ponder the infinite cosmos, yet we're ultimately food for worms, I find heart-wrenchingly paralyzing, depressing, sad beyond all measurable limits. The idea that everything and everyone you love is going to be taken away from you is unacceptable to me. I think it's just unacceptable. You know, that man is an atheist, but I like what he said. Any philosophy that can't deal with death is not any philosophy at all because it doesn't answer one of the biggest questions of life. He doesn't accept death, but sadly it will come to him as it comes to us all. I want to challenge us with a first point, the first thought. It's get real. Get real. I don't know what the kids say today, but when we want to make a point to someone, we're like, come on, get real. In other words, listen up. It says in this passage, in verse 21, that death comes to us all through the first man. You know, there's a quest for immortality out there today in Google. You all know Google. Well, they have paid a man named Bill Morris to try to find a cure for death. How much? It's staggering. $500 million a year for two years now. There's this thing called the Transhuman Project where they try to download brains onto an AI, right? And it's the consciousness or whatever that is. Look, people, when they're faced with death, because it's a scary thing, they try to look for solutions. But let's get real. Death comes to us all. Death is real. It says here that we experience it because Adam sinned. Because basically, what does sin mean? Sin means that he just didn't do what God asked him to do. He went his own way. Did his own thing. He broke the rules. So it comes to us all, this death, we can't escape it. And it says here, and I don't want you to miss this, the last enemy is death. You know, it's funny. Even among Christians, those who profess to believe in the Bible, we sometimes try to make a friend of death, don't we? We say, oh, it's just the next step in life. It's just the next thing we have to do. It's going to be okay. But that doesn't match my reality. When my grandparents died, I was very sad. Death is not a friend. It is our enemy. And it will be destroyed, it says here. But it is our enemy, not our friend. And so we need to get real about death. We all die physically, right? We can't escape that. We all will die physically You know, you look at the world around you, and many things die. Plants and animals die all the time, right? The dodo bird. I don't know if they've been able to make a gene of it or something, but it doesn't even exist anymore as an animal. It has died permanently. This is not the way God created the world. Death is not something God likes. Far worse than these kinds of physical death is a spiritual death. A separation that happens because of sin between us and God. And this text is clear about that. That we are in a state apart from God. And we don't believe in Jesus. Spiritually dead. 
Paul says in one other place that we are dead in our trespasses. What does that mean? We took our own path. We're dead because we took our own path. But thankfully, in other words, that's really bad news and scary. But thankfully, it doesn't stop there. Because the resurrection, too, is real. It is our life and our hope. In verse 21, it says, Jesus, the man there, rose again. I want to, I want to, it's hard for me even being a Christian for many years to really wrap my, my, my mind around this concept of resurrection because you know what? I've never seen it happen. I've never seen someone die and come out of the grave. Have you? Maybe. Maybe, but I haven't. And so it's hard for us to realize that, to think about that. But hear me today, it happened. And it will happen again. For all of us. And so the resurrection is real. What is life? What does it mean that we have life through the resurrection? Let me tell you what it says in the scripture. It says this. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way. Listen, this is the way to have life. To know you, the only true God. Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So life in the resurrection is had by knowing Jesus. So let's get real about the fact that there is a resurrection, that there is death. You can't hide these things. You know, Jesus cried twice in the Bible. He too was sad about death. He cried when his one of his best friends died and was in the grave. He also cried when a city, the capital of where he was living, he cried because they were going to be destroyed. You know, our culture is really a pretty funny place. We try to hide death, don't we? Let me tell you some ways we do that. What are the names of funeral homes? <laughs> yeah, parlor homes. First of all, we put funeral out of it. Then we also do stuff like rename it, don't we? To happy peace and blessings in the sky home. Or peaceful rest forever along the shore funeral home. I found some funny ones. I won't read them all, but you, you do a Google search of funny funeral home names and you'll find some pretty funny things. They hide even in the name of the funeral home. They hide the fact that people die. I'm told, now I've never seen this, but I'm told they do facelifts on, on corpses so that they don't look dead. So they go in and they do plastic surgery on a dead body so, so that people won't even think about death. Here's another fun, here's a funny one. Now, I, I don't do this all the time, but you, have you guys ever heard of Botox? Okay. It's a, it's a needle injects it into your skin so that instead of sagging, you walk around like a smile, like this all the time, right? Now, this lady has had this done many times, and I don't put that up there for us to demean her. I put that up there to show us the sad reality that our culture hides death. We don't face it. We don't like to. And just like her, we do things to avoid even the process of dying, the aging. So let's get real about death. And let's get real about life in the resurrection. The fact that it happened. And it will happen for all of us. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. 
And we'll be reading verses 14 and 15. Again, from the NLT. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die. And only by dying could He break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could He set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. I love this passage. My exhortation to you, to myself, my plea for us is that we find freedom in Jesus. Because He offers it to you. He says here that He offers to you freedom from death. Isn't that wonderful? You never have to face any kind of death in Jesus. Now we may die physically, but that spiritual separation from God is gone. And death will no longer reign in us because we will rise up from the ground to live with Him forever. You know, it's like this. If Satan has a toolbox, okay, it's a, it's a small toolbox over here. He's got one powerful thing in there. Maybe he's got some screwdrivers. Maybe he's got some other things. But he's got a machine gun in there. He pulls that machine gun out. Okay? That powerful tool, that one thing in that toolbox that he uses the most to put us as slaves is gone. There's no more power of death that Satan has because of the resurrection. We don't need to fear it. So find freedom this morning in Jesus from death. Find freedom from death. But there's a second thing. Freedom from fear. <laughs> it says here we're slaves to fear. Now I'm not talking about being scared because someone did a prank on you like I did. I'm talking about fear in life. Now, let's face it, on a little lighter note, some of you were afraid to come here today. Some of you, when when you, I look at your faces, there's some scaredness. You're like, who is this guy, right? Some of you didn't even want to be here. You're scared to be here. Let me tell you a little secret. Most of us were afraid to ask you. <laughs> Most of us were afraid to ask you to come. But that's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. I'm talking about a fear that enslaves depression or extreme sadness. Relevance and meaning. When we can't find it, we despair. The kind of depression or slavery to fear about our kids, about losing a loved one. This kind of fear. This kind of fear. Maybe maybe it's not right up there, but fear of failing in college. It's a pretty real fear. Or in master's school. I know many ISI students out there. None of them have failed, but I know that's a real fear for them. These kinds of fear, we are enslaved to. Are you a slave to fear? Are you a slave to fear? Fear runs rampant. Listen, we fear the most when we suffer loss. So what happens when you lose something? I'm not just talking to visitors. I'm talking to all of us. What happens when you and I, all of us, are threatened with a great loss? Maybe it's your favorite bike, motorcycle. Maybe it's your favorite motorcycle. Maybe it's your favorite car. Maybe it's your girlfriend. I don't know what it is. What happens when you're faced with loss or the loss of a loved one? Do you have a deep sense of anger, resentment, frustration? 
emptiness? I say to you, the resurrected Jesus offers freedom from fear. Because none of those things in the end matter. Because you will be raised again. And you will have life with Him by trusting in Him. Are you fearful when faced with anxiety? Turn to Jesus because He offers you peace in a hard world. Jesus is our peace. He offers us freedom from death and fear. Different cultures have different ways of dealing with loss, dealing with death. Each one of them deals with it differently. Here we hide it, right? We don't want to, we don't want to acknowledge its existence. Some worship their ancestors in hopes for blessing and hopes that they too, when they die, will be worshiped as well. Some have embalmed their dead, right? In Egypt, the great pharaohs embalmed as a testimony, hoping that their legacy would live on. Some ward off evil with idols or pray to them, hoping that because of their prayer, they will no longer face the reality of death or loss in this life. I tell you today, None of these things, both as believers and none of these things offer true hope. They will not save you. They cannot. Hope is found in the resurrection of Jesus and in Jesus alone. If you know Jesus as Savior right now, you may be sitting here saying, preach it. That's, that's exactly what I want to hear. But what about you and I? How much of your budget goes to things that you try to minimize loss in your life. Do you have a giant security blanket of hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're afraid you might lose it? How much of your time goes to making your life more comfortable because you don't want to face the reality of loss and death in your life? To us, I say, turn to Jesus and find freedom from fear in Him and in the resurrection because He will give you something that you can never lose a relationship with Him. All of the things on earth will pass away. But you will have Him. And that is more valuable than those things. To us, I say, see the resurrection. Those of us who know Jesus with fresh eyes today because it delivers you and I, all of us, from fear. There's no need to fear anymore. There's no need to fear. Find freedom in Jesus. To us, I say, look to the resurrection for your hope and not your AC when it gets to 95 degrees and it breaks. That doesn't offer you hope. You will lament. Lament just means to cry really hard. You will cry really hard when your AC breaks this summer. But don't hope in that AC, air conditioning. Don't hope in your car. Don't hope in your family. They will let you down. They will die. But Jesus offers hope in the resurrection. For those of you here today that don't know Jesus as Savior, for those of you here that don't know anything about Jesus at all, I say to you today these things. He offers you freedom from slavery to fear. Jesus offers you freedom from Satan and the spiritual powers of darkness that exist. Jesus offers you freedom from the power of death. Jesus offers you forgiveness of sins and true peace. Because He is peace. He offers you love so amazing that He came to earth and died for you and me. So find freedom this morning. 
Lastly, I don't, I'm going to challenge you, don't waste your fear. What do I mean by that? Don't waste your fear. Don't let your fear put you on the wrong path this morning. Don't let your fear of death put you on the wrong way this morning. Turn to Luke chapter 24 with me. Turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to be in verses 36 to 41. And when you get there, you can look back up here, because I'm going to tell you a short example before we get there. Have you ever lost something that you thought you'd never get back? Money, a receipt, a friend, I don't know. There's a story of a woman that I read this year, way before I was going to preach, about uh, uh, her baby was kidnapped when she was born from the hospital in South Africa. Her name was Zephanie Nurse. She was found after her biological sister joined the same school she went to in Cape Town. It was a secondary school. And the girls in her class noticed that they looked awfully alike, these two girls in that same school. And so they, sure enough, they did DNA testing and they found out that these were sisters. The one who had been abducted, who had been stolen and kidnapped at a young age, this one was brought back to the family by this occurrence. Crazy. The mother was so joyful, right? Of course she would be. But this is the same thing that's going back into the text here. Going back into the text, the disciples get something back that they thought they had lost. Read with me now in Luke 24. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke to them, he showed them his hands and feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. In verse 37 here, everyone is afraid. There's no cool guy in the back looking on like we think we can do sometimes. Yeah, you know, like you get scared and everyone else jumps, but you're in the back and you do too. But you tell them, ah, oh, you're a bunch of, you're a bunch of wimps, you're a bunch of jerks. I just said, I was cool. No. Everyone in this story is scared. They are afraid. There's no one outside of that. But more than that, yes, they were afraid, but they were also doubting. Are you filled with doubt and fear this morning about the resurrection? Don't be. Don't be. Jesus offered them peace and joy. The resurrection is good news for all of us. It's great news. We will no longer die. We will be raised again. Imagine their celebration. Like when something too good to be true happens. Imagine like as it sets in. Like, what if you won the lottery? Like, would you really believe it at first? You'd like double check and double check. My brother always wishes he wins the lottery. Jokingly, he never actually plays. But he's like, man, that would be awesome. But imagine if you did. That setting in feeling. Wow. Oh, I actually won. That's what's going on here. But it's far greater than any lottery. Far greater than money. 
they received Jesus back. And he offered them peace and joy. I want to say it again to you. Don't waste your fear this morning. Don't waste your fear. Let it drive you to Jesus. For those of us who know him, let go of your things. Cling tightly to your Savior. Don't fear the loss of them because you'll lose them anyway. For those who don't know Jesus, having the relationship with him is what life is really about. And nothing else. Nothing else. Life is in Jesus. Peace is in it because He is peace. Joy is in Him because He is joy. Salvation is in Him because He is salvation. And there is hope for all of us today because about 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. So get real about life and death. The resurrection and the fact that you'll die, that we all will die. Find freedom from death and fear. Finally, if you are afraid, and I think each one of us have areas in life that we are enslaved to fear, don't let that fear take you in the right way. Let it take you to Jesus and cling to Him. Let's close in prayer before we start our worship. Great Father, thank You for raising Jesus from the dead. Thank You for the resurrection, because it is our hope. It is our joy. It's in His name we pray, asking You to show us Him. Amen.